All right, Dr. Joy, it's so good to see you back. You know, this week's episode is super, super special. We've been looking forward to it for a while and um, are really, really excited about talking about Black Mamas. Yes, Black Mamas. Shout out to our Black Mamas, by the way. Uh, Marlene, as I'm allowed to call her once a day. <laughs> and her name in the group chat. I'm like, what Marlene do? <laughs> you know, you know. A lot. <laughs> and shout out to your mother as well for giving me that ride to the train station for the years that's ago. right that's right and she always asks about you and nina simone she wants all the op- the updates and the pictures and the whole thing so you know it's so interesting to know that that mothering process does not stop because your child yes. is an adult um yes. it's a relationship that are carried throughout a lifetime um and we talk a little bit about aunties too and you know with special sensitivity especially about people who no longer have their mothers or have their aunties or um didn't have some of these relationships because I think they were so defining for us um and really role models for us in terms of how we wish to parent you know going Mm. parenting you know right now yes I mean and speaking of mothering like how would you define mothering like I think, you know, it's always attached to like a title, like, oh, I'm a mother, therefore I can be mothering. But we know there are plenty of mothers who are not. (laughs) And then we also know that it's not a type of love or type of care that you only receive from your mother or from mother figures. You can receive it from other different people in your lives. So how would you define mothering? I think that's so great. So, okay. Uh, as a medicalese term, mothering, mm. um, I think a lot about care, you know, and that comes in so many different forms. Sometimes it's literally support. Sometimes it's guiding you when you need to be told that something isn't the right thing to do. Think of how we, you know, correct mm. children. Um, but then also it, it has this air of uh, sacrifice too. Hmm. of really um, putting someone else before yourself. And I don't mean in some sort of unhealthy way. I mean, in a way that's like, wow, I have to go without so that this person can live, breathe, eat, grow, go to college, <laughs> travel Europe. <laughs> Think of all the ways Girl. the mothers kind of like gave to us in ways that ultimately shaped who we are. So um, I think of, you know, care at that level, support for sure, sacrifice. I think of nurturing. I really think about, you know, we all, you know, it's like kind of like pottery. You have clay, but how do you like kind of mold it into more? And to also bring out, you know, I watch, you know, certain shows about pottery. I don't know anything about pottery, but there's this one British show <laughs> where they talk about pottery and like, you can like do certain colors like oxides and all these different things and you paint the pottery with it. When it goes into the kiln, which is this big oven that's like thousands of temperatures, when it comes out, it's a different color because the heat has now transformed it. And I think that's what nurturing is to me. That's what mothering is to me. Like, yes, you have, you know, one thing looks this way right now, but 10, 20 years from now, five months from now, five years from now, it'll look different if you treat it with the right oxides, if you treat it with the right care, kind of like what you said. And I think sometimes I, I ran into a patient this weekend at a baby shower and, excuse me, a girlfriend from long ago when I first moved to Oakland. And she was like, I was looking at you and I was trying to be like, were you my doctor? And I was like, 
oh, she's like, and she's like, you were there for me for a really hard time. And she's like, I really appreciate it that you just like hugged me. Like that you were like, it's going to be all right. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, it's hard for me to remember all the different actions I've done for girlfriends over the years. But I think in the doctor's office, being able to be that type of, you know, caring person, that type of nurturing person to give care. And what does even healthcare mean if you don't have the care part? So I think mothering is just so essential to medicine. And I think it's really hard. What I hear from a lot of girlfriends is that it's hard to find a doctor who cares, who actually Mm -hmm. does put that mothering aspect in. And I really think, you know, to your point about trying to get, you know, you know, like kind of how you correct a child, it's the same thing with patients. It's like, look, your numbers, they're not looking right. Your cholesterol is a little elevated. You need to do some more diet and exercise, like those types of things that, you know, we have to do, like that's a part of our life. And if we're not successful at it, you know, it reflects in, in how our girlfriends, you know, live their lives and their quality of life. I think that's a hugely important kind of like parallel is, you know, how you can communicate, how you can express yourself, how you can express concern um, in the medical, cap- you know, capacity. I literally mm-hmm. had a talk with a girlfriend recently about her numbers, you know, um, her, you know, indicators of diabetes were really poor. Um, We had high blood pressure, we had high cholesterol and a family history that was really concerning for early cardiovascular disease. And so we we went through it, we talked through it um, at the initial visit and at the follow-up. And I also kind of prepared her for the world, said, listen, not every mm-hmm. doctor is going to talk to you like this. And sometimes it may come across very harsh. And I think I want you to kind of receive that in they're scared for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you have to do this. You have to do that is looking at these numbers on a paper and being shocked and concerned about it. Obviously, not everybody's as eloquent to express it in a caring way. But, you know, just to kind of prepare her for that as we send her out to some subspecialists, because I don't want her to turn off what they're saying. Yes. I want her to tune into it and, and be ready to make the changes that she needs to make to be the healthiest person she can be. I love that. I love that. And I mean, I'm glad you gave her the warning that everybody's going to be like, which is, I think, to me, it's been my latest, like, you know, gripe about medicine is that I'm like, where's the compassionate medicine? You know, like, you know, I was a person who won like the compassionate care award and, you know, in residency. And I'm just thinking like, oh, yeah, just means I'm like this much above everybody else. But I'm starting to realize that gap in terms of compassionate doctor and others, it's a pretty wide gap. And so, you know, I've been saying this for years. I would love for them to change how we recruit students into medical school and really looking at the compassionate angle. I think you can teach medicine. You can teach all the nuances. You can teach like the normal labs. You cannot teach compassion. I'm convinced. And this is why I feel like all these DE&I, you know, trainings don't help because you can't teach someone to see their humanity. You know, you cannot teach that. And so that's why I seem to have the flicker at this crossroads. And I'm glad that you prepared that patient and said like, look, think of me and this love and care and this how I feel about you and not necessarily the scaries that yeah. you know your next provider might the, deliver um, to you. Well, I mean, that kind of brings me around to like aunties, right? Mm-hmm. Aunties are kind of like the best of a mother slash a friend slash a sister. At least that's how I think about it because those were my how my aunts were growing up. Um, they always gave bomb advice. You know, mm. some of my aunts weren't 
that much older than me. So we would hang out at certain <laughs> points and, you know, party and always the best dressed at different events and new, the new dances. And it was just um, so aspirational. And even throughout my life and throughout their lives, you know, being able to have this extra mothering that didn't have, you know, the full emotional kind of uh, tethering of a mother-daughter relationship, but with mm-hmm. something and with something kind of like really special yeah I think you know for me so I had both I had aunties I didn't have sisters growing up which you were blessed mm-hmm. with um so my mom though she had three and so I used to like really be jealous because <laughs> I'm like oh y'all had it out again without me <laughs> but I did her youngest sister we're actually I'm actually closer in age to her to her baby sister than she is mm-hmm. and so I definitely got to have that you know that blurred line in terms of sister or auntie um, especially when she went to college I remember being like okay can I come on campus and like it was just like so cool and then to like my like traditional aunties who are definitely much more older than uh, than I am and more like that mother role like my mom has a sister who's 15 months, who's 15 months apart from her. And you couldn't tell me that wasn't my second mom. Like I could call her for money when I was in college. I could call on her for any and everything. I mean, every step of the way, it was like, okay, you know, dropping like, you know, C's dropping, like stuffing money in hands. Like even her girlfriends from high school were sending me money when I was in college. Like that's how like, you know, like I was basically her child. and I think that gets to the point, you know, I think the City Girl sermon for today is really just that mothering is not just for mothers, but really it's about old to the aunties because not only do aunties pour into the lives of children, but they also pour into the lives of the mother so that the mother can do their job. Like all those last minute calls, like, can you watch my kid? Those last yes. minute, like, in Van Gogh and meet, can you help a sister out? All those different things. Like, I really feel like aunties, especially in our community, are literally the cornerstone. They are the foundation they are the testimonial to all the work that is done in our community. When we think about mother, or I would say mother, uh, childless women in our community and how much they have given. When I think about Angela Davis, oh, when I think about Dorothy Irene Heights, when I think about Black women in our community, those without children have given so much, so, so much. Yeah, I mean, I think of it, my grandmother, my father's mother had sisters and her sisters took care of us. We were her, you know, their great nieces and nephews and similarly took care of us through college, you know, through early adulthood. Um, I mean, poured into us in so many ways and some of them were childless. Um, And so that's something to really think about. And and they were, you know, hugely active in their communities and churches and sororities um, and just were incredible women to have not only as role models, but then also to kind of like buttress and help the family support, you know, financially, send us there in the summers, uh, you know, take us off our grandmother's hands when she was tired of us being down there for weeks, and, you know, whatever the case may be. And so there definitely is so much more to mothering than just birthing children. Exactly. You know, of course, in my line of work, um, you know, sometimes people have a really hard time with not being able to conceive in what they feel is the typical or normal way. If there is not a partner involved or if there is um, a need for donor eggs or adoption, um, that can be really devastating. Or surrogacy. Or surrogacy without carrying the pregnancy and just realizing that there are so many different ways that you can both give and receive mothering. 
Um, And I think, you know, that's something that we, we come back around to obviously with aunties and with support and, but it's important for us to know as well, just in our daily lives, you know? And I, I mean, honestly, for me, I think, you know, when I think about, um, you know, the auntie mothering relationship, I think about who I mother in my, in my, in my life. And, um, I think there's some of my friends who've lost mothers recently or have mothers who um, aren't able to, you know, either, you know, because of psychiatry or because of, you know, neurological decline, aren't able to actually be active parts of their child's life. And I know I took a point to be like mothering to them. You know, I know for me, especially when my, when I had Nina Simone and I was able to have my mom for six months stay with me, even though that was a very, that was a struggle. That's a whole other episode, mothers and daughters. <laughs> We'll get there, we'll get there. But, you know, it was difficult, but I still was so grateful that I had that. It was an option, you know what I mean? That a lot of people do not have because they don't physically have their mother who is physically capable to do that. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time when my girlfriend, she was pregnant, and I just felt bad that her mom couldn't be here for that moment of her life. And she loved Wendy's and she loved chips. And I was like, you know what? My child was asleep. I told my mom, I was like, okay, watch the baby. I'm gonna go to go to Wendy's and go to Safeway real quick and get her her favorites and then just drive it over there. And you know, for me, I'm sure it was small for her, but for me it felt huge because like, what can I do that your mom can't do right now? Like, what can I do just to like, you know, mm-hmm. give you some kind of ease? And I think becoming a mom myself has made me realize, like, you know, without that role, without that person who's like designated from, you know, from your birth to take care of you and even before birth. Cause you know, like, that's why, you know, I think the belly button is so sacred. I'm always like, I'm not gonna get a belly button ring because you know, like that's your first connection to your mother. And you know, it's, it's a scar of that, that bond. And you know, you've been with your mom since day one, since before day one, before, you know, when you were in utero and it's, how do you try and like, you know, rewrite the lines in terms of that bond? How do you keep, you know, you know, organic chemistry that I want to forget, but it still keeps coming <laughs> up in medicine, but how yeah. do you keep those bonds strong? How do you do double and triple bonds? How do you make sure that you still like, you know, kind of at least help, you know, draw the line, draw that bond, even if it's not with your own mother and draw even with your friends. And I know for me, a lot of it has been showing up when I could, um, and showing up when I, you know, when it's even inconvenient, you know, when you have a newborn. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's the, the role for me, I would say, in terms of how I mother my friends. I think it's it's such an interesting thing to see people around me be mothered and how they kind of respond to that, particularly when they may not had, um, have had great relationships with their mothers yeah. or lost their mothers or, you know, just all of these different things that we go through in life. But that that relationship that nurturing is so critical to our um, existence and survival and so you know being able to see and kind of witness that particularly as my mom is now the matriarch on her side Uh, um, and kind of watching how she navigates that and um, you know she's not my grandmother it's different we have to remind people sometimes she's a little she's a different flavor but she was, my grandmother was like this archetype, female, dominant, you know, empress, duchess energy, uh-huh. like she was the pinnacle. And she's a tough act to follow. 
Um, but I do see my mom kind of like growing into this mothering, like her nieces and nephews and now great nieces and nephews in this way that is like, yeah, this is, this is how it goes. This is the lineage and this is, um, something to really be proud of and something to, um, really cherish. And I think they do. I think they appreciate that, um, that they're able to still get mothering from people who are not their birth mothers. And I think even seeing my mom as a grandmother has like maybe see her, her value, be, you know, you have the stuff with the mother daughter stuff, but with your grandchild is different. And I think mm -hmm. it's, I see it with her mother and I, like, I look like her mother. I sound mm -hmm. like her mother in terms of the advice we give her. So she's like, you sound just like my mom. So she really, you know, me and her mom, me and her mother, we like team up on her apparently. But Nina Simone, that's like her little, that's her homegirl. I feel like they team up against me. Like they like the same things. Like they want to do the same silly things. And I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. Y'all, y'all have a good time. I'm talking about it. Right. You know, and I'm glad that I'm able to see her enjoy that part of it where it's like I don't have to deal with all the mess because you know these relationships you know that's a whole other episode about you know just the, the layers of having a mother-daughter relationship and you know the stuff that can get in the way of like just the and that's on to me I'm just really trying to focus on the gratitude I have that my mom is still here and that she's in her right mind as they stay in the church um just because those things you know as I get older and I see my other friends go through different things like you know it's 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 something not to take for granted and I think that's like really what I'm trying to focus on is just be glad that it's a good problem to have when my mom gets on my nerves yeah absolutely and in so many different ways that you can cultivate mothering from yourself in relationships with friends in so many different you know capacities around you if you're not getting the mothering that you thought you should have that does not have to be the end of the road um, or the end of your story or mean that you won't be a good mother. Um, you know, there's so many different ways to give and to kind of contribute and sow into other people's lives. You know, listen, I got friends who are girlfriends who are dog mothers <laughs> and they are very passionate about that. And I'm just going to leave them alone because listen, they, they, they want a mother there, you know, they four like your friends too. Um, but, you know, I think it's something that's very special and sacred and we wanted to make sure to shout out the mothers and speaking on that note, you know, there's some ideas or archetypes about who are these bomb mamas that you just want to uplift and when we think about our around the way girl, we thought we both had the same kind of idea. <laughs> so in the words of Tupac, even as a crack fiend mama, you always was the black queen mama. I really, it's funny how we just had the same idea for like what black mama wants to lift up this week. And Afini Shakur is so complex. She's so complicated as a black mother, but she still is queen mother. Like she literally was the queen of one of the most iconic black men of our lifetimes um, who was cut so short. His life, you know, he lived to be, I think 27, if even that. Yeah, I think it was and even younger. Maybe it was 24. I can't even remember. But, mm -hmm. you know, he lived such a short life, but has had such a lasting impact, not only on hip hop culture, but Black culture. And I think the complexities of who she was from, you know, shout out to Oakland, that's where I am right now, um, from Black Panther to also, you know, to being a dope thing, to also um, then, you know, getting clean and then trying to make a new role in her children's lives and trying mm -hmm. to, you know, figure out what that all really means. I think the complexity of Feeney really just shows us that, you know, motherhood is always meant to be vindicated, to be resilient, to be, you know, it can get messy, it can get murky, but as long as you kind of turn it around, um, 
And also just the traumas that that leaves your children with. I think let's also still be re- realistic about, you know, having, being a child of someone who is addicted to drugs, you know, is just a whole nother situation that, you know, a lot of children still have to forgive their parents for and also still have to work with having a, mm-hmm. uh, a parent for an addict is very difficult. So I think I just love Afini for being so many different things, um, mm-hmm. not only just to her children, but to different people and her legacy being as complicated as it is, lets us know that we can still be complicated individuals as well. Yep, and there's always still opportunity there. So I think that's important. And Dear Mama is that song that chokes me up every time. Every time. I hear it because it's like this literal, you know, ode to everything that we went through and we're still here. And he's just so eloquent with that. And I think the sample from that is from Sadie from- um, Yeah. Yeah. Which is from the spinner, so we're from Philly. Yep. Shout out. And that's also <laughs> another one of my like, you know, early one Sunday morning, breakfast was on the table. You know, there was no food to eat. You know, like Sadie, you know, like even that song, I think there's so many ways that I think Black motherhood is shown through Black music that, you know, it's complicated. You know, like, you know, you will make sure your children, you know, I, I think there's even a, a Nikki Giovanni. Uh, poem that I played for Nina Simone a lot where she talks about when you give your sweater to your children so that you won't have one but your children are warm like it's always about giving to the next generation and always making sure that your children are provided for even if you have to go without yourself and I think that's kind of what you were talking about that selflessness that dollar out of 15 cents that black women have always brought to to life you know like even as entrepreneurs as you know as mothers all of it like we don't have the largest growing sector of entrepreneurs Yes, we will stretch some resources, you know? And so I think, you know, for me, I think the way that we talk about Black mothers and music also just reminds me of all the different ways that, you know, we have to be creative to to fulfill these roles, to fulfill those shoes, even as your mother has to fulfill her mother's shoes. Like, how do we, you know, make those roles? You know, how do we live up to the next generation and to our legacy? I think that's so great and important to just reflect on. Well, I mean, we could go on and on, obviously, on this topic. Um, it's Mother's Day is right around the corner. We just feel so much gratitude for the mothers in our lives and mothers we're yet to become and aunties who help support our mamas and all the generations to come, for sure. Shout out to the mamas. Shout out to the aunties. Thanks so much, girlfriends, for being here today. And stay wonderful. Stay black. Stay beautiful. And here's where to find us. Hi, I'm Dr. Joy Cooper. I am a board certified obstetrician gynecologist based in the Bay Area of California. I am currently not seeing patients in person anymore. I'm completely 100% telehealth. You can find me at Culture Care. Our website is OURculturecare.com because we do it for the culture, our culture. We are a telemedicine startup that is connecting Black women with Black physicians at the cost of a copay. So if you would love to see me and you're based in California and New York shortly, you can just go on our website and see me. I am Dr. Tia Jackson Bay. I'm a board certified obstetrician, gynecologist, and infertility specialist. The long name for that is reproductive endocrinology and infertility is my field. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. And you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Tia Jackson Bay.
Thanks for joining us and don't forget to subscribe and check out our website, ndgfexp.com. Have a great one, girlfriends.